Welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. My name is Dirk Hooper, and I am joined by the well-traveled Mistress Eva. Hello. How are you doing, Eva? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> How so are where you? are you today, if you don't mind talking about it for a second? Yeah, so I am about four weeks into a trip to the U.S., and I'm in New York City right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, it's good that I can still keep up with where I am in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be in the United States for, for four weeks? Um, no, so I've already been here, I think, for four weeks now. Oh, all right. Wow. And I've got a couple more weeks, I think. Yes, something like this. <laughs> Are you making any appearances at, at events or anything? So I have been to a lot of little private parties. I went to a nice little uh, pro-dom pool party on a rooftop the other day, which was lovely. Oh, cool. Hosted by Lucy Sweetgill and um, I assume also Dia Dynasty, who's her dom partner. And that was wonderful. I, I went straight from the airport. Oh, <laughs> so nice. my luggage. <laughs> that was quite surreal. Um, but in terms of upcoming events, I'm going to probably go to Bound, um, which is in Brooklyn next weekend. And that's, um, I think it's, it is quite focused on music, but it's basically a very kink-friendly night out <laughs> so it's like a it's like a party it is a party yeah it's a party i don't think it's a huge play party focus it's more uh kink friendly cool mm-hmm. yeah that sounds awesome yeah yeah and it's i think it's quite um it's fashion conscious also so oh, yes. fashion conscious and so it should be interesting to see yeah but uh, you would no. look great Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm, I'm sure you will look wonderful <laughs> in, at that event. In the photos, I look great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, I guess if you want to call it an event, I'll be going to Burning Man after that. Yeah. Oh, that's large, cool too. I've always event. wanted to go to that. Mm, yeah, no, I, I definitely encourage uh, anybody to give it a go. Um, after they read the guiding principles. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting. Um, people are in a very good headspace there for the most part. Because mm-hmm. I think it's quite an investment to get there, not only financially, but it's a, it's, I mean, you have to set up yourself properly for a week. It's in the middle of nowhere, et cetera, et cetera. And so people have an investment and therefore they are better, they're, they're better focused in the present moment, which I, I always enjoy. Yeah, that's cool. I, I see a lot of like, I like art stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of public art at those Burning mm-hmm. Man events yeah. that um, I would love to be present to, to see them. So incredible, like the effort, the energy, and obviously the execution of so many of these things. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really lovely to see people um, create a space for themselves and and look after the desert. And it's just, yeah, a really nice. As, as commercial and large as it's getting, it's still mm. it's essentially some very nice principles about it. Since we last talked, I had a strange day where. Oh. Um, suddenly after not doing anything for about a year and a half, I got contacted uh-huh. by three different people who wanted mm-hmm. me to do, to, to narrate audiobooks all in one oh. day. 
Oh wow! Which was bizarre. I wonder what was what was going on. Well, one person contacted me, and every time I they they ask you to do a a, a sample, and every okay. time I do a sample, I post it, and so I think okay. the other two people heard the sample uh, and then got interested. But that's pretty uh, extraordinary to okay. to get Lovely. three offers in in one day, mm-hmm. and I took two of them, mm-hmm. so I'm doing two audiobooks all of a sudden. Oh, nice. Are they both um, about cake? Or? They're not. One is about, it's just kind of of a vanilla dating, you know, kind of a general dating book. Ooh. And the other, right. <laughs> I like how I'm like, oh, that's exciting because I don't do it at all. <laughs> it, I've, I've read a few chapters on it and it has very good advice, no matter whether you're kinky or you're vanilla. Very okay. Yeah. I look forward to to hearing and that. The other one, the instead of being a revenue share, which is usually what these things are, where the you know the the author mm-hmm. will take half and I'll take half. This is a deal where this guy's going to pay me outright. So it's uh-huh. just a personal story of Good his job. that he's that he's written. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, okay. so anyway, there's I, I got I got a couple of new gigs there. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> that should be should be nice. Yeah. It's an interesting job, isn't it, to um, to narrate somebody's work because I you you get very I would imagine that you get quite invested in it. You know, of course, you can take a lot from it, but also I imagine it's a very personal process having to go through. It is because you are you're the mouth for these authors, mm. so you become. Yeah. I mean, even though someone else wrote it when people hear it, they're hearing my voice, which is yeah. you know, really unusual. And, and I, you know, I take that very seriously because, you know, I want to mm. make them sound good. And of course, you know, they, they choose me on this deal. So um, mm-hmm. whatever it is about my delivery or whatever is what they're looking for, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Fabulous. Uh, well, I enjoy your voice. Oh, well, thank you. That's why we're doing much. this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 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 other two audiobooks that I did were fiction, mm. and so okay. in that case, I was doing, you know, people's different voices. I was like acting the different roles, and that is yeah. another level. I mean, that is really difficult to. Yeah, you did good though. I I listened to one oh, of cool. them. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it is very difficult, but that was a kink one. Yes, the one that I heard yes. at least. Yeah. Yeah, if I was going to do something like that, I think I'd want it to be kind of kinky, just to keep my interest up, you know? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and I also, on Sunday, um, I mm-hmm. won the Fetish Award for Best British Photographer. Yes, I saw that. Congratulations. Just another one to add to oh, the show. Oh, well, I mean, it's not like I'm collecting them. <laughs> <laughs> do they give you a physical yeah, award? Well, they have physical awards that they give you, but I have not been at the, mm-hmm. the fetish at fetish con. So I, I have three of them that are waiting for me. Oh, you should go some year well, then. Go it's been it. one thing or another. The first year I just, I just <laughs> didn't have my act together. And for one okay. reason or another, the last two years have, have kept me from going, but I'm going to do everything I can to get to fetish con next year for so okay. many reasons. Okay. Maybe I'll meet you awesome. That, well, that would be, we could, do this, <laughs> we could do this show together in the same room. 
Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> it's in Florida. Is that yes, uh, St. Peter, Petersburg, okay. Florida. Yeah, I have no idea where, where that is, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. Well, I'll tell you, I've seen some pictures of this thing, and they have a lot of fun mm-hmm. there. <laughs> it's a bit of a party, too, but it's also a three-day convention, so. Okay, okay. Three or four yeah, days. Yeah. Well, today our topic on the show is about submissive men in society. And I have to tell you, I'm very excited about this. Um, so, yeah, the, the question was uh, directed at male submissives. And I like being able to give them a voice and to hear them because so often they just kind of comment on stuff and don't ever really post a direct opinion so it was a really nice thing to see but the tweet and or the question was um what do you want what do you wish the public knew about being a man and being a submissive how are you misunderstood by society respond below so we can all see your responses on this thread this is your chance to tell your side of things. <laughs> and they oh, spoke. Yeah. I mean, you got an amazing <laughs> response from this. And I think that what you just mentioned is, is part of it because submissives mm-hmm. are kind of, you know, they don't, they often don't have a voice or they don't feel like they, mm. you know, get an opportunity to express themselves. And so when you specifically ask, you know, this is your question, you guys get in here and, and talk about this, this is Mm -hmm. for you. You really had a great Mm -hmm. response from, from the community. And Mm -hmm. I talked to, uh, I talked to a lot of uh, writers. I have a kind of a small writers group of people who do uh, femdom fiction. And okay they all struggle with being submissive in one regard or another and also struggle with this issue of kind of the community, you know, not allowing them to, you know, not giving them as much of a voice as maybe you would get from other people, which I think is interesting because these are very articulate people. And they're definitely, yeah. I mean, they're people who are writing books, so they definitely have a, a point of view and an opinion, but they just don't have yes. a lot of space to, to speak. They, mm. they don't feel like they can speak freely on this stuff. Mm. Because people don't respond or they get shut down, or do you think it's a little bit self-imposed? It might be self-imposed. Or... Some of it is. And it's because they're struggling with some of the things that we're going to talk about which I think is very interesting. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, we picked out a few, but I was very interest- interested in actually um, hearing the ones that you found particularly interesting because you have had experience as a submissive man yourself. And so again, I, I think it, it would be really nice to hear the things that you found the most interesting. Sure. And I'm, I'm of course happy to, given my two cents always, <laughs> but I really would like to hear which ones, which responses were interesting for you and why. Um, yes. If there is one thing that if, if you took the bulk of what everyone else said in this, almost 
everyone emphasize that point is that submissive, being submissive does not equal weakness. Whether it's like you said, whether it's self-imposed or whether it is part of what's happening in the community, um, submissive men get a lot of, they feel that very strongly is that the community or, you know, maybe even individual people think that they're weak because they choose to be submissive. Um, yes. And, you know, I'm going to say that the opposite is true. I think that you have to be very strong yes. to kneel. And um, mm-hmm. I, I guess my point on that is that when, and I talked about it a little bit in, in the last um, the last podcast, is that, you know, being submissive is like kind of like jumping out of a plane or going on a, you know, roller coaster ride. It, it's, there's a lot of fear that's involved with turning over your mental and physical well-being to someone else. And so to do that yes. takes a lot of strength. And there are so many off ramps before you get to the point where you can, you know, where you can experience these things, whether it's you're meeting a professional dominatrix or whether you're meeting a lifestyle dominatrix or whatever you're at a, you're at, yeah, you're at a a BDSM event or whatever. There are so many opportunities to just stay home or to stop communicating with people or to not make those final steps that it takes to get to the point where, you know, you're naked and you've got a collar around your neck and you don't know what's going to happen next. That's not weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, there's a lot of steps, like physical steps, but it's also a lot of emotional steps, societal steps. It's... uh, like how being a dominant woman generally challenges a lot of uh, the way that society wants a woman to interact with it. Same with a submissive man, I find, usually. That, you know, I, I had a hard time getting to where I am because for the longest time I thought I shouldn't be like this. My personality is too strong. <laughs> I know what I want, like, far too clearly. I should let other people have their way <laughs> because that's what society, you know, imposed upon me. Um, and I tried to reject who I was for the longest time. And I would say it's the inverse thing for a submissive man. And that and challenging what so many others t- expect of you or would like to expect of you is very difficult, very, very difficult. You have to be so strong and creative and and ready to just stick it out, figure it out. There's, I mean, there's not much of a blueprint. We have a great community now and there are ways to connect, but connecting with it is actually not so easy it's still not for easy. some people. And yeah, you have to yeah. jump through hoops to get there, yeah. that's for sure. So. Even now. And it was worse mm-hmm. 20 years ago, I yeah. promise you. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, I can imagine. For sure. Um, you, yeah. Something, right. that, so something you just one. brought up is, is a cool very one. important part of this, too. The, the um, a female dominant mm-hmm. 
and a male submissive absolutely on both sides goes against society, which is why there are so many male dominants and female submissives, because that goes kind of right into the standard, um, you know, the norm of society. (laughs) And when you said that, I was like, really? (laughs) There are so many? (laughs) Just shows me how skewed my daily life is. Yeah, you were, talk- like, you were talking about how you hang around so many dominant women. That, I mean, dominant women are a dime a dozen. Yeah. I'm not a dime yeah. a dozen. They are one in a million. That's the that's the phrase yeah. I'm looking for. There's there's so few. You know, there's so very few <laughs> dominant women. But yeah, you're skewed because you hang uh-huh. around. You know, uh-huh. tons of them. Tons of them. You think <laughs> well, all women are dominant. It's a you know, it's a movement. You know, but it's. Yes, I really have. A, I really have that <laughs> just, uh, that illusion sometimes, and I have to if keep you, myself. If you go to a, just a standard but, yeah. BDSM event, um, you know the, mm. the 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 vast majority of the people there are male dominants and female submissives. The mm. vast majority, and okay. you know, I've talked about how few dominant women there are. I I say twenty to one, twenty submissive men to one dominant woman and there are quite a few submissive men, but just a handful of dominant women at any given event, unless you're going to DomCon, (laughs) which again is a skewed event, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really need to open my eyes a little bit more because obviously when I go to these things, I usually have a slave or slaves with me and I hang out with my friends who are all dominant women and I notice nobody else. So next time I, when I go to bound, I will keep my eyes open for for what you're talking about. (laughs) Might be horribly, horribly (laughs) shocked. And And believe me, I wish it wasn't that way. I mean, one of the things that I always um, feel like is part of my mission is to get the message out to, you know, women who are open-minded to maybe consider, Mm -hmm. you know, female domination. (laughs) Maybe there are some benefits to it that you should look into. Yes. It's a campaign, a private campaign. It's incredibly (laughs) self-serving. Yes, just a little. Oh dear. I guess a part of me does does that also, but that's I don't is that self-serving? I don't know. I I like to encourage that personality in people what it presents. But um but yeah, I I think I do it more sure. as kind of a nurturing. I, I think that, thing. I think there are a lot of benefits to yeah, being nurturing. you know, in the dominant role that I think is, you know, is potentially beneficial yeah. to anyone. Um it's nice to be in charge mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it can be it can for <laughs> people who are shy or you know reserved or they have yeah. self-esteem issues or whatever having someone do mm-hmm. what you tell them to do and to look up at you with you know that look that submissive look can be incredibly empowering and can bring out a side of you that will kind of rub off in your day-to-day life where the next time you're in a business meeting Mm. or someone doesn't get your order right (laughs) at a restaurant, 
that side that you find yeah. when you're, you know, in a BDSM scene, you can use in your, in your day-to-day life mm. to, as a positive thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I mean, even um, now I catch myself all the time doing things more assertively outside my, my kink walls, um, mm-hmm. which I actually had trouble with before. <laughs> because I guess a part of me wants people to be well or whether that's like um, or comfortable and so a lot of the times I used to not necessarily speak my mind uh, and demand what I really wanted uh, I'm talking just like day-to-day right. day-to-day stuff out and about out there but yeah, especially since coming into this role, I've gotten better and better at negotiating those situations for myself and getting what I want, but in a way that that isn't like detrimental to everyone. Yeah, just a better right. negotiator. Being, being assertive doesn't general, have to be a negative thing. Can give you a lot of. You know, in fact, it can be very positive. The the no, opposite being no. like passive aggressive, like something that you you know something you desperately want, but mm. you don't say it is much more destructive than just being assertive about your needs or your wants. And being dominant definitely teaches you that because nothing happens if you're not assertive. That's, that's a huge deal because that's another thing that was echoed throughout almost everyone's response, which is, yes, I'm going to be submissive to this woman or, or a man, whatever you're, I mean, whatever the case is, Uh but that doesn't mean that I'm submissive to the world. Yes. And I'll say, I want to say something else about the BDSM community. Mm-hmm. When I, when I first went to, when I went to my first event, well, no, let me take that back. When I went, because my first event, I went as a dominant. Mm-hmm. When I was going to go to an event as a submissive, I quickly learned that the, that, it's far more difficult to be a submissive man, even in, even in a BDSM event than you would think because people were, because I identified myself to the group as submissive, suddenly everyone's attitude towards me changed. Mm -hmm. So people that I was not interested in Uh were trying to either hit on me mm-hmm. or to uh control me oh which i didn't like at all yes it, oh. that changed and um, that's very disrespectful it's exceptionally bad behavior exceptionally disrespectful hmm. and dominant men treated me different instead uh-huh. of just being able to have a conversation and in, in you know i mean whatever, whether it was related to the community or whether it was related to a movie that you saw, you know, you were kind of, you know, relegated to a a certain status once you said you were, you know, you were submissive, whether you were submissive to one particular person or or whatever. And that's the reason why, you know, after that, I didn't identify myself as submissive. I would just go to these things. Yes. And I would say I'm still figuring it out. Because, <laughs> because if you didn't say that, then 
all of those kind of expectations in roles began playing out despite mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, I didn't want to be submissive to the earth. I wanted yes. to be submissive to someone very special. That mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. agreed upon a relationship. Yeah. Or even if it's just for a scene, yeah. you know, I want to choose the person that I submit to. Yes. Is that still the case now? Because I assume that was a very, uh, it was a while ago, that first event. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, that was a long time ago. But, you know, like I said, after that, I mean, even now I don't really talk about, well, now it's different because now I'm, I'm known, you know, when I show mm. up at these things, people have, you know, people have different expectations of, you know, who I am and you know, okay. what I'm doing. So, okay. you know, there, it's not so much a question of, you know, what's your role so we can put you in a box. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, Hey, there's Dirk Hooper. I want to talk to him about photography or about, you know, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. else. Um, yeah, that's so disrespectful. Yeah. I guess I'm so shielded by it as I always go as a dominant. <laughs> <laughs> right. It makes a big yeah. difference. It's like when you, when you go as a dominant to these things, um, you get to hang out with people that you get to hang out with the dominance and stuff. And they're the ones who are always yeah. having the most fun. And, you know, the, usually the people who are, you know, guiding the, the event or whatever. Yes. And that's yeah. what I'm interested in. I want to interact with people on these, mm-hmm. unless I'm with, if I'm with someone, then my role is established. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then, then you interact with, you know, however it is with them. And, you know, in some cases, some people want to be submissive to everyone at the party. That's part of their scene is that they're going to be submissive. And Mm -hmm. so that means maybe they are a maid or they're going to get drinks for people or whatever. But that's, Mm. again, that's negotiated or decided upon beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. But, I guess that's where the signaling, um, like the different colored bands and that kind of thing come in handy. Like I want to play with, uh, like you can approach me or you cannot approach me kind of a thing, because there are, there are definitely people who want to be treated by everyone (laughs) a certain way. That's a fantasy to be in a situation where you are, you know, you've got 30, 50 people you know, yeah. at a party or, you know, at a private party or something, and you're going to be submissive to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. That can yeah. be an awesome experience, but it's yeah. the assumption yeah. that because you're submissive, that mm-hmm. you should be submissive to everyone. And it's particularly, mm-hmm. I think that's particularly aimed at submissive men for whatever reason. I really don't like that. No, it's terrible. Mm, and, and again, I didn't realize that. it's it's the reason why when I went to when I went to BDSM events, I did not, uh, you know, I didn't announce to the room that I was submissive. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to to for people to know, even now, how mm. much you should respect people, whether they're dominant or submissive and to ask permission for things. And particularly when you're not playing to 
respect that person just as if you met them on the street or in at work or anything else and mm-hmm. you know let them speak their piece yeah that was interesting for for that that was your takeaway from that i li- i like that i didn't read that when i read um this response for the first time i i i thought it was like what you said in the context of in the community and in a party but I, I like that you say the planet because it also extends it to the fact that I'm submissive to this one person I choose to be, but I'm not like that in my everyday if I choose not to be. Yeah, it's, it's well, really... kind of an uh, adjunct to that. Um, mm. Men who are submissive, I can tell you, have a great fear of being exposed to the vanilla world as submissive Mm. for exactly that because you're Mm. you know men are not supposed to be submissive society tells us not to do that uh, it's not a popular uh no (laughs) if you i mean people don't understand kinks in general you know your your friends and your family Mm. probably don't get it they may accept it and be okay with it but they don't get it but Mm. Just saying that you're submissive as a man, they, you know, men don't want that to get out to their buddies, you know, because, mm. uh, you know, they would, they would uh, make fun of them all the time. Even good friends would make They're fun of them constantly. <laughs> They're not your buddies. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like just a couple of days ago, I met the the partner of a, a good friend of mine. I won't say any names just to keep discretion down. Um, up, But um, he is an incredibly intelligent person. Not, not Okay, so he's not in the scene at all, um, even though she is. Uh, and he's an incredibly intelligent person, like really self-critical, self-aware, and... Um, and really can take a concept very quickly and tra- and translate that. I've only met him a couple of times, but you can see that pretty pretty clearly. And even he was making jokes about um, like if I said something just because I I speak how I speak. Unfortunately, uh, it can be. It, it, and I speak to so many people only inside my world that speaking to vanilla people is not what I do so much anymore. And so I. I have almost forgotten some social graces. <laughs> and so I say some things and then he'll like make fun of, of um, the situation that, oh, but I'm not a, like a submissive man or da 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 da. And at some point I said, I understand um, that you're making jokes and he does make quite a lot of jokes and, and that you respect what I'm doing and, and that it, you're just kind of, making a little bit of a joke, but you understand that it's a patriarchal system that you're making the joke from. And every time we touch this, you are making a joke because of that. And I'm okay with a little bit of it, but you also have to respect the fact that this is my life and that I respect the people that submit to me and I don't see it as something to be laughed at. So maybe we can make a joke about it every now and then, but not most of the time. <laughs> and I mean, he, he he got it immediately, but it just goes to show how even somebody so smart and so self-aware and so accepting of um, his partner and me and what I do, they're still in this system that just says it's a bad thing. 
Yes. And it's hard. It's very hard. Let me so. propose something else to you. Mm. You said that his partner, his partner is a dominant woman. Yes, that's correct. Do you think that he was being defensive? Like he was trying to overcompensate and no. say that he's not submissive? Uh, no, because I can yeah, I don't yeah, no, no, it wasn't that at all. Okay. It was just a, a habit. But no, I know exactly what you mean. I've definitely seen cases of that. Because it but could be a challenge is, to his masculinity by suggesting no. that he's submissive because his wife is dominant. Not this particular person. Okay. This, this particular person is very um, confident in where he stands in life. Uh, but I know exactly what you mean, and I do see a lot of that. Well, <laughs> It's very funny when you see that. You're like, <laughs> if you have to do that, then you're not as strong as you think. <laughs> there it is. That's, exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that's another thing that was a constant refrain in the the answers that you got on your question is, mm. you know, submission to me it doesn't mean that I'm into, you know, the laundry list of um, chastity and humiliation and um, Mm -hmm. cock and ball torture and discipline. And, you know, it doesn't mean it it may mean that, but it could mean literally that you just want to be in a relationship where the woman makes Mm -hmm. the calls. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a loving yeah. relationship that's just someone's in charge and the other person defers to her. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that can go into a, a deeper, like a more extreme version where you want to surrender everything (laughs) (laughs) to the point of okay sure yes we will do that kink i'm not into it but you know (laughs) you you know in everything you have you know hard limits and then you have soft limits and stuff i mean these things i will never ever do for any circumstance i'm not doing Mm -hmm. and then you have soft limits like "Mm, i'm not really interested in this but if it's something that you want to do then i will do it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, I, you know, that's part of the negotiation process, but yes, being submissive, just like any other kink, it's a spectrum, <laughs> you know, yes. which is defined by, you know, the two or more people that are in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And for some people, there's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't mean you have to want to dress up like a sissy or something or, yeah you know, do all the other things that, that you see, you know, on television or in movies or in books or something. Um, yeah. Although, you know, there are plenty of people who do want, you know, the most hardcore thing or they, they do uh, what's called consensual non-consensuality, which is um. basically you say, I'm turning myself over to you and you do whatever it is you want with me. <laughs> so then anything goes. Can, can you hear the joy in my voice? <laughs> in, my, in my chuckle? <laughs> with that sentence. Right. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I clearly have preferences. <laughs> you know, 
I don't push it on on people. Only if they want to be with me for a very long time does that really come up. Right. So, I mean, yeah. that's something you prefer. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I I I enjoy me that I can bring whatever a moment calls for me to to an interaction to a relationship. Obviously, I'm empath- empathic to the point where if it really goes into a bad territory, I back off because I want it to be a pleasurable experience. And so I guess I have that, that stops me from really going too far. But um, there are certain things that I, you know, I, I definitely, there's a, there's a strong sadist in me, like uh, when it comes to not only <laughs> emotional or mental, but in a physical sense. And that's really not a favorite of some of my closest, but but my closest understand that it's interesting for me, that it's really good for me. And we go there right. because, you know, we're close to the point where their preference and their suffering is less than their desire to please me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to be that surface for me and to be a conduit for my joy. And so, yeah, it's a thing, but I, it's mostly something I reserve for the people who are closest to me, that, that mindset. Yeah, because it is very, it's very murky territory in a way. Yeah. And I mean, you want to talk about trust. I mean, there is no, I mean, you have to have a supreme level of trust with someone to, you know, hand over the keys, you know, and to go, you know, I'm along for the ride. You know, you, you tell me Mm -hmm. where we're going. Um, Yeah. I love that. That can also be. There can be great <laughs> rewards with that. Oh, it can be incredible rewards Absolutely. with the right people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. And I think a lot of people who don't do this don't understand the level of intensity and connection mm. that happen oh. in that sort of environment. Magic, Magic is the word. Yeah. The word. Yeah. Yeah. Magic and true yes. love, you know, with, with, with like when it's, you obviously you just not you should never trust just anybody, uh, and and I encourage my people who want to sign um, contracts with me to to read these contracts at a lot of different stages in time, like morning, noon, night, after you get off a plane, you know, after a business meeting, are you still in agreement with with everything here? Are we ready to like to do this to hand that over to me? It's like. And they've known me a while already, so it's it's a huge responsibility for me and a huge step of trust for them, and it should never be taken lightly. But once it's once it's established and it's part of that negotiated pro- like process is sealed, it's just so freeing for for everybody involved. Like the trust you've given me that level of trust, and I have it now, and it's just the most beautiful human connection that I have ever, that I ever get to experience. I, oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, I walked away from vanilla relationships yeah. about 10 years ago mm. for exactly mm. that reason, because th- that magic mm. that you're talking about is just not present in a mm. vanilla relationship for me. Mm. Um, I just can't yeah. do a vanilla relationship. It doesn't interest me. And I always sit around and wonder, you know, when is that great moment going to happen? And it doesn't happen in a vanilla relationship. Mm-hmm. 
Um, for me, for me, it doesn't happen. So yeah, yeah, I I thought, you know, I'm not going to get into no matter how much I, you know, get along with someone or I'm attracted to them. If they're not into this stuff, then we're just not going to hit it off. I will eventually, yeah, I, I will, I don't want to say I'll get bored, but I will be frustrated because we don't have that dynamic. People make these assumptions about a, you know, by and large, what they do is they see things that happen on television or, mm. you know, movies or something. And they think that they don't get the, the whole picture. They, they see the spanking and the, yeah. the, the shackles and all the stuff, and they don't get that connection thing. That's never a part of the story. Uh, mm. You know, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not a part of um, many too many, though there are some great there there are some great things out there. If um like if somebody wants a nice example, and maybe I don't know whether you've heard of this little web series uh, called Mercy Mistress. Yes, that's excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, by Ying Q. Um, she it's just if you want to see BDSM showcased properly. <laughs> including the the connection that's a wonderful wonderful thing to watch but yeah the majority of the stuff out there is just crap really uh, absolutely it's unfortunate the yeah. the book by ann rice uh exit to mm-hmm. eden is excellent on that as well okay it's basically okay. a romance novel as well as yours of course right yeah i mean i wrote a, a book about a, a couple that's i mean i it's it's going to be a trilogy they're yeah, I mean it's a romance. It's it's about people. Yeah. It's about a DS relationship um, where there is yeah. love involved, and mm. uh, you know, as someone who who has been in this from both sides, I can say that I have in my relationships have been deeply and passionately in love with my partner, whether I was yeah. submissive or or dominant. And I guess off of that, are there any exchanges that don't have some element of love and care in it? I mean, for me, love is care. Right. If that makes sense. And I think in order for at least a top or a dominant to engage, there's a level, or maybe or maybe I'm just a romantic. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I, I mean, as a dominant, that's the way that I approach it too. I mean, I, I have okay. a deep level of yeah care or you know i mean even if it's just even if it's just playing with someone um Mm -hmm. you know honestly i mean maybe i have everything mixed up but i mean i always Mm -hmm. want to make sure that the submissive is having a good time and getting and having an experience more so than me Mm -hmm. i mean i will enjoy the experience just by the nature Mm -hmm. of interacting with someone in that regard Mm -hmm. but I feel like mm-hmm. as a dominant, it's my responsibility to create a, you know, a great scene for the submission. Mm-hmm. And so that, yeah. you know, that counts whether it's a scene or whether it's a relationship, you know, I mean, yes. yeah. I'm in charge. And so it's important that, you know, you, you can't, as a, as a dominant, you can't ensure that you can't ensure that that the submissive's needs are getting mm. met unless the submissive is very open and forthright mm-hmm. with you. 
So there has to be a, a lot of communication to make that happen. Or their body can tell you too. <laughs> well, that's true too. There are definitely signs. There are definitely signs. But you know, you have to, you know, nonverbal cues and a bunch of yeah. other things. Which will, again, right, will tell you much more than, than their words in many cases. People need to hear that. People need to hear that because they, they, see, the, they see the pain or the humiliation. Yeah. And they think, wow, what a miserable existence this person has. <laughs> it's totally the opposite. And it's totally. totally <laughs> not always, obviously. Not, yeah, not but... always. But if it, look, if you're in a relationship with someone or, or you're having a scene with someone and it's all clicking, that is a wonderful moment that you will remember for the rest of your life. Hmm. Um, you know, it. yeah, it, it can be a lot of fun. It'll stay with you. Yes, yeah. for sure. Uh, so do you want to choose another favorite? Yeah, the, the, the next one is, uh, or maybe our last one, is from okay. someone named Kinky Boy, B-O-Y-Y, okay. which is okay. at B-O-Y-Y-K-I-N-K-Y on Twitter. And mm-hmm. he says something that I saw several times, and I think this is a very interesting subject. Mm-hmm. He says, to me, Submission is more of a sexual orientation. Okay. He says, I am probably born this way and I actually really like it. But until society changes this stigma, I don't feel safe revealing such an intimate fact unless it is people I choose to trust. Okay. So mm-hmm. that, that is something that several people chimed in on and I've, I've never heard it expressed that way, but calling mm. submission a sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. about that um this also came up in another uh question thread um a while ago so to me submission is more of a sexual orientation i guess i'm going to approach this uh from a personal angle and so me dominance is a sexual orientation it is also a preference or not even a preference, it's also a personality uh, trait of mine or a core component. (laughs) And so I guess in Kinky Boy's case, he is um, separating it from the idea that it's part of his personality, maybe, I'm not sure. Um, But I guess the statement, submission is more of a sexual orientation, to Kinky Boy means that it lives in that sector of his life, his his sexuality. Um, he, and I don't feel too safe revealing such an intimate fact. For for me, actually, the the second half of that sentence was the thing that struck me more. It ma- it makes me pretty sad, actually, and and it it makes a lot of sense and. Uh, to what you spoke about earlier about being disrespected at play parties and and if you you know you re- revealed it to your um, your buddies who are not your buddies <laughs> <laughs> uh, if they can't handle that information um, I don't feel too safe it's it's really sad it means that that kinky boy literally feels that he he would be in danger right that if if this were to be revealed and I find that horrendous and I guess I have to live like that in a sense as well 
and maybe I don't pity myself enough <laughs> in that case. But hearing hearing Kinky Boy say that was really sad for me. Um, so yeah, and that so okay. So back to the fact that it's a sexual orientation, and I'm probably born this way, and I really like it. Mm, yeah, I think that's mostly what it said to me. I think it was more that he was separating that, even though it is just a part of my sexuality and not necessarily something that's part of my personality. It's still something that society doesn't agree with, and I don't feel I feel like I'd be in danger um, if they were to know this facet of me. Uh, yeah, and maybe that also speaks to the fact that I, it's a facet of me, but it's it's basically my whole life, right? This is this is my right. personality and emotion, and and that Mistress Eva is me. You know, it's me in in my entirety and more. I feel sometimes, and so it's really challenging for me too. Then, I, yeah, it's because I'm not just about revealing my sexual preferences here, but um, but yeah, yeah, it's really. I, I'm not accepted either, just in my entirety, and that's horrible. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is why I guess I stick to the community as much right. as I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's probably the case with anyone who's in the kink community. It's You feel mm-hmm. like you can't really share that with people outside, friends and family mm-hmm. or certainly coworkers or anything. It's, I mean, everyone yeah. who is into this sort of thing and has identified it, and it's more than just, you know, a kind of a small thing. You know, if, if you mm. have adopted this as part of your life or you, you've acknowledged it, then I think that everyone feels maybe a little bit, you know, like they can't share it with the, mm. the world for whatever reason mm. because they just won't be accepted. Yeah. I've actually shared um, my prodoming and my lifestyle with everyone in, in my life, my family included. Um, uh, and people who I meet. Uh, but I there is that a little bit of a nagging thing, right? And I do have some uh, vanilla friends these days. Actually, no, no, they're not that vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> they're just not in the industry. So I guess, I guess, sorry, right. nope. Still socializing in right. the kink community. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. as out yeah. as you can be because I have my actual name out in the community. So oh. and I am very okay. intimately connected. Dirk Hooper, the name, is very intimately connected yes. with being kinky, even if I don't, mm. well, I don't hide it. I mean, anytime someone asks, I tell them, you know, what, what I'm into and, mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I am fortunate that my friends and my family know that I'm into this, although yes. I don't talk about specifics with them. You know, for one thing, I don't think... Yes. I mean, I wouldn't talk about specifics if I was in a, just a vanilla relationship with someone, you know, it's like I'm with this person and we're, you know, we enjoy each other's company and that would probably be the end of that discussion. (laughs) So, so, you know, whether it's kinky or whether it's just, you know, a relationship with someone else, I don't think I would share that with, with the gang. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's quite funny because my my mother actually she really wants to to know what what um I do with mm. my time my life right. and <laughs> and uh so she does ask some very deep questions. Really? <laughs> yeah, um 
but I'm actually okay answering them. But it is a bit of a challenge for me when she simply asks, "Oh, so how's you know, mm-hmm. how's work going?" I'm like, "Well, I know you want to know, but I don't know how much I want to share." <laughs> <laughs> but that's my block. I don't think it's her block anymore. That's, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I I share some stuff with my mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so supportive. Asks, yeah. Like, you know, I I take photos or or do mm. illustrations, and she's like, "Who are these people?" And it's like, "Okay, well, you know, in many cases, they're professional dominatrix." Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Okay,", <laughs> okay. so you know, she's pretty. My mom's pretty open minded. Awesome. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> um, I think what's interesting about this thing is is this idea of submission as a sexual orientation. Hmm. Yeah, please tell and me. That. Which you know, I I. I don't know if I'm sophisticated enough to to talk about sexual orientations. You know, I'm not a, I don't know, I'm not a sociologist or whatever. Yes. But I, I think that the idea is fascinating. And what I can do is talk about my own experience. Okay. And I can say that, you know, he talks about, you know, I'm born this way. Yeah. And I can say that when I'm in the submissive mindset, I have a oh. partner that is dominant, mm-hmm. there is nothing that is as sexually powerful mm-hmm. to me as being submissive. Mm-hmm. That there's, I can't replace that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Even being dominant okay. and yeah. being in a relationship where I'm, where I'm with someone, it's fulfilling to me in other ways. And mm-hmm. obviously sexually, you know, I, I get, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good there, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's not the same intensity that I feel yeah. when I'm being submissive. Yes. And when I'm attached to someone, you know, romantically, mm-hmm. there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm born that way too. It's not something I chose. I didn't wake mm-hmm. up one day okay. and go, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Um, it's just the way it is. So yeah. in that dynamic, it's not something that I've chosen. It's something that I have learned about myself that mm. if I'm submissive, then there it is very powerful for me emotionally and sexually. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. So that was much more sophisticated interpretation than mine. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess uh, I, I it just shows, it. Um, yeah, how how where I fixated my. Uh, I'm very emotional, I guess, and so I I focus very much on the emotion in that in that statement as opposed to um, how he opened it. But thank you for clarifying that. It brought me back. <laughs> I think you're totally right. Too. Reality. I think you're totally yeah. right too, though. Mm. Is that it's a shame mm. that he doesn't feel like he can can share this with people he knows mm. that's also yeah. a, a major part i mean look if he yeah. feels like i do which is this is a wonderful thing and you can't share that wonderful thing with the people that you know mm. that's that's kind of that is kind of sad it's, lonely. it's very isolating yeah it is mm. it is which is i mean yet another reason why you know, BDSM relationships are so powerful because oftentimes it feels like it's you against the world. Yeah. Yeah. You and your partner 
way to make somebody a couple of people bond yes <laughs> create create the the other i i wish it wasn't like that but it is i guess in some cases a useful useful um, thing to build up the intensity intensity i, I quite enjoy <laughs> absolutely all right um is there anything that you want to add before we wrap up the only thing that I can really add, I, I really, when when I chose this uh, question to, to speak about um, today, I really wanted to continue on the theme of giving the male submissive a voice. Um, and, and so I don't want to say too much to add to it other than that. Uh, I actually would really love to hear more and more. And I'm, I try to do that myself by reading uh books such as yours and uh, just because I feel that it informs me a lot as to what what is going on inside the those heads of yours (laughs) 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 that's my curiosity but also in addition to that yeah it it's doesn't happen enough that the submissive voice is is given their time and so that was quite important for me with this one and I, I want to more hear what you think about what everyone said, because you're the one with the exper- experience, with um, intimate experience when it comes to this question. You know, when you said that, it, it brought up something to me that, that I had kind of forgotten. Mm. I wrote Dominatrix Boss mm. under a pseudonym, yes. which was Asher Lake. Mm-hmm. And I did it specifically so that I would not, so that I would feel free to speak my mind on this stuff. Okay. Because even though, you know, my name is, is out there, like I said, I mean, people know that I'm kinky. It's not, it's not a shock to anyone. I felt like if I wrote it under a pseudonym that I could be even more honest. Yes. Um, and so, you know, you're getting a lot of, you know, kind of intimate thoughts from me when I'm writing that sort of thing. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's an excellent point that some of the stuff that's written by um, submissive men, Uh, you know, might be a good place to go to um, really hear it, you know, yeah. To, to, to get those thoughts that those inner thoughts. Yeah. Because I'm very interested in having better relationships, obviously. And a lot of the times it's that it's the self-imposed thing and a lot of subs feel like they have to say things that are going to please me as much as I say, what are you really thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> right. uh, when they're faced with me in front of their face, I just try to say the thing that will bring the biggest smile to her face. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that is not what is really happening, but okay. I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So no, I, I loved I loved this question, and the more questions that are to be directed at those who don't have a voice, people in the BDSM community, plus within that submissives, then I'm very happy to hear from them. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up then. Um, I'm going to say if listeners would like to participate in future questions and be part of a future episode then follow at you will please me on twitter that's mr siva's uh, twitter account and keep an eye out for her sunday questions which is what we're using for these episodes 
uh, you can reach the show at info at safewordpodcast.com or you can see more at safewordpodcast.com. More on Mistress Eva is at youwillpleaseme.com. Her Twitter address is at youwillpleaseme. And you can also see her Instagram at youwillplease underscore me. More on me, Dirk Hooper, is at www.dirkhooper.com. I'm available on Twitter or Instagram at Dirk Hooper or really just about any place else. Also, I'm answering your BDSM relationship questions right now for Ask Dirk. And you can email your questions to me, Dirk at DirkHooper.com. Thanks for listening to the Safe Word Podcast. For Mistress Eva, this is Dirk Hooper saying, dream hard. <laughs>